0: Welcome or welcome back to The Bicultural Identity, a podcast created from the experiences unique to young Asians raised in a Western society. We're your hosts, Connie and Jenny. Our weekly episodes contain conversations around social issues, pop culture topics, and nostalgic childhood memories that are significant in our lives as second-gen Canadians.
1: Thinking back to like the few times we've visited China, one of the biggest impressions that we had was that the community is set up in a completely different way. And it was like so brand new to us as Westerners to see.
0: That's why the brief premise and like the title of this episode is around how like the style of your community and like your neighborhood can really shape the habits in your life and how mm-hmm. you go about like, you know, how your whole lifestyle works.
1: I don't know if you're like tuning in right now thinking, oh, this sounds like a boring topic. But <laughs> Buildings. Like, yeah, <laughs> We think it's pretty cool and hopefully we can like teach you guys something. Yeah, I
0: love talking about this stuff. It's like very shallow levels of like urban design. Mm -hmm. I was reading papers before this actually to prepare for the episode and my mistake was searching like urban design like those exact words and it was way too advanced (laughs) for me to like get into. So I was like, okay, this might not be the best approach. So very, very shallow level.
1: Imagine if like an urban design major was listening to this episode.
0: It's like, what's his name? Mark Branowitz from Parks oh, and Rag.
1: <laughs> good show, good show. Yeah.
0: So what are we covering today, Connie?
1: We're starting off this episode by discussing China's resident situation, how their neighborhoods are structured and how it functions. Then we're going to go on to discuss like a comparison between Canadian neighborhoods that we grew up in and Chinese neighborhoods when we visited China And finally, we're going to end off the episode by discussing which layout we prefer and if there's like a good way to maybe combine the two different types of urban designs.
0: Mm -hmm. The first topic is more so the economic facts and like the actual, you know, straight facts of like how the Chinese society works. And then like the second one where we kind of compare with canadian um layouts it's not researched at all it's more client i just talking about how we experienced
1: it differently when okay we... so more of a lifestyle yeah of
0: so like when we used to go back to china when we were children and like we'd live with our grandparents there's like a lot of things you can observe through that experience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So jumping into the first one I think we do want to like do a disclaimer here because there's a lot of controversial opinions surrounding China uh, so especially recently yeah so just as a disclaimer here everything that we are talking about is purely from what I've learned from my business classes with economic backing and we're just thinking about a society or any society in the world that would ideally have to govern 1 billion people so that's why Fair there's enough. a lot of really really interesting things that they've Kind of had a solution for, um, in order to not fall into chaos and anarchy.
1: Cool. And since Jenny's like the businessy sister, <laughs> and she did all the research for this, you can like. Basically, present the facts and I'll try to okay. just give my responses. Good like plan.
0: So, I think the first thing that is interesting is that there's a general term called urbanization rate, which I actually didn't know about, but it's generally just I'm guessing how many residents and how many like citizens are living in like urban areas, is what I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. So, um, one interesting fact I did find was in 2016. China's like permanent residents and their like registered populations respectively both got like around 57 percent urbanization and 41 percent urbanization rates which is actually like super substantial when you're thinking about
1: that's so high yeah but then I'm not speaking based on like research that I did so hopefully I'm not wrong about this but I think cities like Shenzhen grew so fast to accommodate for this urbanization rate like they were basically non-existent in like The mid-1900s? Yeah.
0: So you just cued me with a point I did not write down. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to delve into government history here. How this really works is like when the Communist Party succeeded over like China, they obviously had all these like communist ideals with like sharing all their goods and like their Mm -hmm. services. But then when um, Chairman Mao like passed away and there was like that whole like mix up of power, when (laughs) Deng Xiaoping... <laughs> I can't see the names all like English. Um uh, but yeah, when he came on, he kind of like opened the markets and because of this, he needed to like expand Chinese cities more, which is how he came up with these models of like what do you even call them? Like you I would say on a heat map, they would be like the red dots, right? So
1: like the highly populated, very urban places. Yeah.
0: So like China's whole urbanization is actually around this timeline or framework. So he chose like um, Shenzhen as one of the cities. And then he chose, a, I think Chongqing was one of them too in the west. So okay. that's in the Sichuan region. Mm-hmm. And like all these was other cities. Changsha? I don't know.
1: I don't know. I'm just, I remember watching this variety show and there was like one of those satellite images you take almost like what you see on Google Maps. Mm-hmm. And it shows how like within maybe like a few decades, it turned from like almost nothing to like highly populated, busy city. Yeah. That's so what like I remember they
0: really focus their efforts on specific points because before like when you think about it Hong Kong and Shanghai Mm -hmm. were like the only ports in that region or that area Mm -hmm. Um, so like they really need to get like other sources of business and like export and imports yeah
1: interesting interesting Mm -hmm. you obviously know more about this than me
0: (laughs) (laughs) I had to study it in a course so it was actually very interesting if you guys ever have the chance to take a business in Asia course I highly recommend because um, our half the hemisphere, or is it even a hemisphere? No, our half of the earth is sleeping on the, uh, the growth on that side of the world. It's kind of
1: crazy because it's so much more populated on that side. Mm-hmm. Like so densely populated in all those Asian countries. And like, it's easy to just completely disregard the markets there, business-wise. Yeah. You'd be losing out on so much. Mm-hmm.
0: So next point I did want to go into is how it's interesting how like in um, North America, I find a lot of our city planning goes into like different considerations right like so clearly we have or every country has problems with like marginalized neighborhoods Mm -hmm. um but we also like have to decide as a country how we're going to approach it especially in canada by where is can i actually survive and not get buried in the snow
1: oh yikes!
0: and then that's why you see like the borders of canada and us just have a ton of people
1: if you look at a map of canada and their major cities all of them are just basically right next to the american border Super Toronto literally zone.
0: is. Yeah. History fact, Toronto could have been the capital of Canada, but it was way too close <laughs> to the U.S. So, like, whoever's from America, y'all could have just marched over and just took our country. But even,
1: like, the capital now, Ottawa, is, like, so close to the U.S. You only <laughs> have to drive, like, what, an hour? Maybe but it's less? still
0: so cold. <laughs> On the same context of that in China, it's like a complete other... Or it's like similar in the sense where I think every society is built around water. So like obviously you have like population where there's like ports, like I was saying previously, but they also consider like different ways of developing a city depending on what stage they're at because they're not like a developed country yet, right? Mm -hmm. They're like developing. So I think what's interesting is I found an article that was pointing out that cities where there's more like... Socioeconomic development, they are like pretty, pretty aware of sustainability
1: issues. I can totally see that. You mean design-wise? Because I can even see that in like, I think we spoke about this in the sustainability in Asia episode, but The efforts that big cities in China are taking on like sorting through their garbage and Mm -hmm. recyclables and making sure that like it's by law you have to recycle.
0: Exactly. So basically like cities like Shanghai and Beijing and like Shenzhen are all focusing on like green initiatives, while like other cities that existed in like the outside of those like major ones Mm -hmm. are actually struggling to keep their populations because everyone wants to move towards the big cities right yep. so then they're focusing more on like job creations and like making sure industries come in so that there's incentive to stay
1: it's like what we say like sustainability is really an issue for the privilege you can't really expect people who maybe are in more rural areas and like are less well off financially to like buy
0: help. glass straws yeah
1: exactly <laughs> like participate in huge sustainability movements yeah
0: So it's interesting how the focus does change, especially because of the, uh, I I should know what this policy is called because I learned about it, but I don't. But Deng Xiaoping's whole like model of like creating these like city focuses Mm -hmm. started in like the east coastal region, right, for the ports and everything. So then there's definitely much more of a focus on like the green development for that side of China versus like the western side, which has like no water or like no ports and no nothing. Mm -hmm. So they are like substantially, they would be what you call like the lower income group in China yeah this brings me to the next interesting topic I'll stop talking after topic one I promise or I'll talk less
1: (laughs) I don't think anyone minds when you talk a lot Jenny
0: (laughs) no I have one more thing that I did want to bring up because it's so interesting there's a system in China called the hukou system Uh uh-huh and I never realized how unique that was but it's basically like a city citizenship
1: yeah it basically like decides which hospitals and schools you should be going to
0: it does sound like very different for people in the western world but the economic justification behind this makes like a ton of sense when you okay. think about the theory of it because they're and i don't want to bring other countries down but it's just an example when i think of this word um, maybe it's because i've watched movies that are framed around this and people are generally racist in north america <laughs> i don't know um, but with a billion people in china this was their solution to avoid slums
1: Oh, So like,
0: unlike, you know, like India also has like millions and millions and millions of people on a tiny little plot of land. Yeah. Um, And that's where you get like comparatively more slums of people like, you know, just like hopping on like near train stations Mm -hmm. and like everything that you see um, in the media, right? Which is definitely like a grossly exaggerated or actually I haven't been to India, so I can't say, but in China, what the hukou system does is that it guarantees that families stay within their regions. And then the ones who go to the city for work will still kind of like return home to like the outskirt villages. So basically like the government will guarantee you have a house where your hukou is. Mm -hmm. So, like, you don't end up with, like, a horde of people who have to sleep on the streets and, like, beg for food. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Do you see any downsides of the system, though?
0: The article I read was super interesting because it talks about the downsides. When you're, like, what you call a migrant worker, so if you're Uh coming from the villages into the city, your family, like, can't come with you, so it really is, like, Mm -hmm. a tough job. You normally can only go home on, like, New Year's. The positive of it, again, is that they get to come to the city it's a privilege thing right like if you're born outside the uh the city then you can actually like as a child you can study and like if you can get into like one of the bigger universities and you get a good job in the city after that then i think that's how like you start getting like a different hukou under your Mm. employer and everything um because like with the whole like communist structure you are like um, basically like every person is labeled by which company they're working under oh so like that's how it worked in the I'm olden days. So much right now. Yeah, in the olden days you would literally live in the same neighborhood as like all the employer's employees in your company. That's interesting. So like that's how you kind of like got uh, segmented off.
1: Oh, that makes so much sense actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you think about where our relatives live yeah, in China. Okay. Think about
0: like the communist structure is that like where mm-hmm. you work for should be supplying you with your like food, your Mm-hmm. Your hospitals and like that's obviously not what's happening completely yeah. in China because they're not following the book a hundred percent. Yeah, they're
1: not like completely communist at all. <laughs> yeah,
0: like that's not possible. It's not like how we're not completely democratic.
1: Like, oof, you went
0: there? We No, it's the truth though. Flaws in person. <laughs> Trump
1: trying to like <laughs> never accept the election results if he loses.
0: Yikes. <laughs> Coming back to the whole hu call concept, I think what China has realized is that because it limits like children's education and it limits like your ability to get like health care when you're like a migrant worker Yeah, they had to make changes recently
1: do you know if like it's um if it's difficult to like switch who like for example once you get wealthy enough i know this is probably not likely but like once you're well off enough to like want to move your family to a different province or to a bigger city
0: that's actually a good question i have no idea but i know like they were saying that they're trying to loosen some of the terms so even if you don't get a hukou they want to attract more migrant workers and then they also want to attract more of like the younger like intellectuals so i think that's why they're making exceptions for like the education rules and like the hospital rules and everything so that people have like the basic benefits that they need to live somewhere which is funny because you know not every country even has health care
1: Oh, I just keep thinking, this is always not roasting no, no. This is
0: good and bad in every country. But I just think healthcare is, you know, a basic human, right?
1: We need to stop roasting America.
0: <laughs> it's just when you think about the two powers of the world, you can't like help comparing them.
1: Oh, yeah. You know,
0: in my mind, sure. I keep comparing them. And like, I'm not Chinese and I'm not American. So it's just a spicy time. <laughs> yeah. in my head.
1: Shall we move on?
0: Sure. Summarization is that um, East to West varies a lot in China. And their cities are developing at different rates. And also the hukou system dictates a lot on how you live.
1: That was like a current Chinese civilization lecture that Jenny just (laughs) gave me. Wow. I feel so like narrow minded because I didn't know any of this before. But
0: (laughs) you know what? I actually had no idea. This is super off topic, but I had no idea that there was Islamic or like Muslim banks.
1: Like in America?
0: No, so, like, Indonesia is, like, a very Muslim country, right? uh uh-huh, I
1: know. Um,
0: and then, like, the Middle East, obviously, because of their religion, there's a different view on, like, finances and, like, borrowing Whoa! money. So, like, I think you can't actually, like, borrow money. Okay. So, they have, like, an entire banking system that needs to, That's like... so cool. Yeah, that needs to, like, shape it around, like, what their religion dictates. Wow. It's very interesting. I had no idea. I'm sure it exists somewhere here, but I just it don't know. It definitely does
1: because there's Muslims here yeah. and, like... I don't know. Shouldn't they be? I guess maybe a lot of them aren't that strict on themselves. Yeah. I wish like there was more accommodations for them. So hopefully those banks exist here too.
0: Mm-hmm. So after the high level view, Connie can start. We can start sharing our like very specific, um, narrowed in view of like what it's like to actually live in the two countries.
1: Yep. Growing up here, we grew up in the suburbs, right? So you're, like, basically in your house and you would have to drive, like, yep. quite some time sometimes to see your friends. Even in elementary school, you'd have, like, play dates at each other's houses, but they're always scheduled and maybe, like, once on a weekend, you know?
0: <laughs> basically.
1: Going to school, too, is, like, by a school bus, a lot of schools usually aren't in walking distance, like especially our high school. Like if we want to choose a specific good school to go to, we'd have to like commute so long. <laughs> That's basically what living in Canada was like for us. And so it was weird. I think when we went to China for the first time, I was maybe eight, nine. But like my first impression of China is, whoa, this this place is so much more community oriented. Like there's basically little, um, what do you call it? Qi-
0: Yeah, like, I think the English translation I saw today was neighborhood units.
1: Yeah, like neighborhood units. So there's like groupings of a lot of apartment complexes and they all share like a little maybe like playground or like exercise area and like markets you'd walk to for like fresh food to buy, Mm -hmm. at least in both the apartments we lived in in China. Mm -hmm.
0: Those are more limited now, though, to control like food safety. So that's something I noticed when I went back last year.
1: Oh, yeah. okay. Maybe because like I only went back to Shanghai last year and yeah, I didn't stay exactly. in like our like main China home. But yeah. And so like, you'll probably go to school with kids living in the same like little neighborhood unit as you. And so you like basically can see each other all the time. I think it's like this in Korea, too. But like, you just all walk to school together. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's super cute.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I That actually brings me to like a really interesting difference here that I thought about for the first time today. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about like how in like these Chinese neighborhood units, you just like run all over the place. Yeah. There's like kids running rampant. There's mm-hmm. like dogs running all over, like <laughs> wild um, cats everywhere, you know?
1: Side note, dogs owned by Chinese families sometimes are a little bit insane.
0: They're so scary sometimes.
1: They'll just, like, run at you. And I've never scared i be bitten by dogs here in Canada. But in China, I'm like, what the, what the hell? Yeah, I think
0: generally, like, the Western society is, like, super strict on training dogs. Uh-huh. And then, like, every other, like, immigrant family yeah. I've met just has, like, wolves. Like, yeah. it'll be a bichon freeze wolf. Yeah. You know?
1: They're vicious, man. Remember we listed out that we were going to do, like, a pet care episode? Yeah. <laughs> maybe that would still be cool i don't know how that would work but i have a lot of opinions (laughs) (laughs) back to your point jenny sorry that was a weird side note i just remembered vicious dogs in china and how much they scarred me sure so the biggest
0: distinguishing factor for me today or realization is that i didn't really like play with my friends after school and i think that's just like a it is a culture thing and it's also like partly a suburb thing Mm -hmm. if you're not like hidden and off with the white kids in the driveways <laughs> next to
1: you. I do remember, like, sometimes we draw on our driveways using chalk with our neighbors. Yeah, that
0: that's was, about like, it.
1: extent of our friendships. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so then I was thinking, too, and I was like, okay, when I, like, have children in the future, I wouldn't let them out the house either. Like, what the heck, mm-hmm. right? And then I realized it's because, like, the way Chinese neighborhood units are structured is that every neighborhood unit has their own, like, security gate so there's always like a active security guard standing in the front of the gate before you can go into like the entire yard for the apartment complexes Mm -hmm. and then cars also have to pass through those gates. And they always have like designated parking lots for everyone's cars Mm -hmm. that not every unit owner gets because cars are like discouraged now in China, too, as like ownership wise. But
1: even here, like if you live in a condo building, don't you have to pay for your parking spot? Yeah. So
0: not every unit. You're right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like actually leading up to each of the buildings is usually just like a walk path. So I think that's what the biggest difference is that like because of the security gates and like because the only traffic in the neighborhood is people like just coming in to park their car or leaving to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. Like it's very quiet. I wouldn't worry about like a child ever being hit by a car because the roads are narrowed down. Everything is just like slow driving. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it like makes a huge difference on the children who grew up in those communities because they can actually like go outside without really telling their parents.
1: It's true. There's so much more independent there, and um. Okay, is this just me being introverted? Back when we got to go to playgrounds as children, and let's say we, we just went alone with our parents, like not with any friends or mm-hmm. anything, would you talk to random kids in the playground?
0: No, but I think the only interactions I'd would have would be when kids like are like not mean, but are like you know like the really outgoing kids who are like, "It's my turn on the swing now," and yeah. you're like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god,
1: yeah." That's like the only communication you have, right? But I find. When i went to china this left a huge impression on me i was like nine and this boy similar in age with us i remember yes me and jenny were just like hanging out in this little play area together yeah and this boy came and he started playing we we're like okay yeah we're still doing our thing and he started trying to talk to me and i was shook so yeah. i just i just kind of stared for a second and then i think jenny said something to me in english and he's like oh you guys don't know chinese <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird and i was like freaked out I was like why is this boy speaking to us
0: <laughs> i feel like they all just like hang out it's like it was the same thing in japan too those kids just like talk sometimes to you like if you're on the subway and you like kind of look at them and they're cute they'll just be like
1: oh, like, hello. oh i thought you meant like when you're younger because i was like we no. didn't go to japan when we were like no they're just outgoing 10. yeah in japan i was so surprised because children will just take the subway by themselves back home mm-hmm. i was like your society's this safe? Wow, can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All this to say, it's, like, normal there to make friends with your neighbors.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, for kids and adults alike. And here, like, living in the suburbs, our family just, like, says hi to our neighbors. Like, how are you? Mm-hmm. If you accidentally make eye contact with them.
0: <laughs> yeah. But maybe that's, like, an immigrant family thing.
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe f- we feel distant from, like, white people. Yeah.
0: Another aspect I did want to compare with... Canada is like the other side of like living here in urban areas so I recently moved to downtown Toronto and I would never raise kids here if you do like I fully support that like to each their own parenting but I feel like because I grew up with like a more um, safety conscious or like safety anxious (laughs) family the idea of even bringing my kid onto the sidewalk in front of my current apartment just makes my brain go like haywire cuz there's like a bunch of cars everywhere there's a bunch of like it
1: sounds like, like chaos like you
0: know if you walk to the wrong area there's a bunch of drunk people and if you like walk like to the roads there's like a bunch of bikes too that are just zooming around like i would never let my kid mm-hmm. out of my sight um and that comes in like with the you know like in china like there are these neighborhood units in the middle of the most busy downtown areas. Yep. Of course, that's for the wealthier people, mm-hmm. but they're gated to like every other neighborhood. So it's like super quiet in there. They usually have like streams and like waterfalls to walk through mm-hmm. in the yards, which is like, again, a sign of rich people. <laughs> but even then, like... Usually, like, I find the units there have their own community centers where you get all your paperwork done. Yeah. There's, like, a whole staff of people that are hired to keep that unit running mm-hmm. versus, like, in North America, you have, like, a condo and then you have a condo manager. Yeah. And it's already, like, the most community that there is here. <laughs> like, my dad found, like, a uh, a Facebook group for, right. like, the condo I live in just uh-huh. as, like, a community thing and he, like, lives for it, you know?
1: <laughs> I still, like, live in our parents home and Jenny's here right now too because of quarantine but basically living in like a detached home here all you have is like neighborhood watch yeah like emails going hey there's been sketchy activity lately be careful
0: Yep, and it's just sketchy because like we live in a nice neighborhood I think we've said that before like a nice enough neighborhood mm-hmm. um but it's like that added piece again about like the neighborhood units versus like our open neighborhoods, which is like their parks and like their play structures and everything are like within the gated walls Yeah. versus so we live like close to a park. And I would say like our whole neighborhood generally is pretty close to that park in the middle of it. And like, it's just there at night. Anyone can go. So I would say like 20 years ago or 15 years ago, that's when we really struggled with like neighborhood watch because like people just decided this seems like a great park for drug dealers, you know, (laughs) and like
1: (laughs) you can't do anything about it. Like, what are you supposed to do? On another note, we talked about like safety for children. But I also think that the neighborhood unit structure of China really benefits their elderly population. Wow, good point. Yeah, because here, like, there's still like a lot of community with elderly friends. Like, they go golfing and like what?
0: Nice. <laughs> Meet the Tim
1: Horns. I seriously think old, old people do that here.
0: They play bridge.
1: Yeah, like they still gather, but in China, literally, the elderly people from neighborhood will organize something called like guang chang wu. Yeah, <laughs> it's <just> iconic. Like, <laughs> all the like older, usually ladies, gathering mm-hmm. together to dance. Yeah. On the streets.
0: You've definitely, if you're from North America, you've seen it awkwardly once here. And yeah. you're like, what the hell are those Asian yeah, women yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll find
1: like a place that in the stuff. park and randomly yeah. do that. And not only that, like the play areas we talked about where children go to play, there's usually like exercise machines <laughs> targeted towards older people too. So it's like here, like an elderly person could never go to like a playground and be like, I'm just gonna exercise here Mm. alongside you guys
0: like usually in front of every building or in some, like, older new neighborhood units, I would say, that I've mm-hmm. been to versus, like, the newer ones or maybe there's, like, a gym or something. Yeah. But the older ones, in front of every building, there'd be, like, an elliptical. Yes. And, like, That's those, like, gymnastic bars that you can uh-huh. stretch on. Uh-huh. So you get those, like, funny videos online of, like, these 80-year-old women doing, you know, like, the free, yes. like, free hanging? Like, they like, they look like they're walking on stuff, but they're walking on air. Yeah. Because their arms are yeah, so yeah, strong. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. It's Wild. crazy. I've seen, like, 70-something-year-olds do that on tiktok mm-hmm.
0: and that's why i'm gaining weight this quarantine season
1: because we have nowhere to go to exercise
0: we have stuff i'm privileged <laughs> but uh i just choose not to... <laughs>
1: so it wouldn't make a difference yeah, where you're living i guess so we've been complimenting the chinese structure a lot and kind of like fanning about it yeah fangirling. But i also want to compliment the canadian suburb structure or the north american <gasps> wait suburb can structure.
0: i jump in with one more thing
1: o- okay before we move <laughs> yeah, on to complimenting canada yeah
0: so one thing that's really great about the Chinese like neighborhood units is that like and this is has to do with population too which i'll talk about a little bit in the next segment uh-huh. but because like you know where like thousands of people are literally living like they're all living in that gate
1: mm-hmm.
0: delivery is so easy i really want to make an
1: episode just all about like the convenience of takeout and like ordering stuff online in china
0: okay let's do that i'll shut up then but it's crazy Wild. Right?
1: Like we we have so much to say about that.
0: Yeah. Okay, then go ahead. Proceed.
1: Okay. Yes. I think like in Canada it's still so beneficial to have your backyards if you're like living in a single home. Mm-hmm. Like a detached home, obviously, and not in a condo. But even in a condo, I feel like there's more like greenery that you can bring your kids to, or even if you want to go for a walk.
0: Unfortunately in Toronto, no. Oh, really? Um, no, we just have like a patch of grass with a tree growing on it. You know, like the city things. But okay. then they say like your dogs can't pee here because there's only like a meter squared of like, patch they grass. where are supposed to pee? Um, on the sidewalk, I guess. And then like there's some parks you can get to Okay. by walking. Yeah, it's, pre- <laughs> it's pretty sad.
1: I retract that point then. But like backyards are still very convenient. If you have pets, if you have children, you don't have to like send them out into the wilds. <laughs> when they want to go play. Like, you can still do your house chores and kind of watch over your children while they play. That outside. is a big
0: problem for me because every time I go on a dog rescue site and that's, like, every day and I find, like, dogs that I want, they often have, like, because I like larger dogs. Mm-hmm. So there's always, like, you know, they should have a yard, so like like, a fence yard. Yeah, And, I'm like, totally fair. You're not right for me. If I'm living so in an apartment, sad. I don't want you to suffer either, but I am sad, you know? hmm I do think it is nice to, like, have your own space. And this is about the individualistic Uh uh versus, like, the community or, like, the... What is it called? Sorry? The...
1: Collectivist.
0: Yeah, collectivist. (laughs) Um, And that's, like, especially for, like, the older population. Uh When you go outside, you don't have to see the other annoying old people sometimes. (laughs) You know how, like, every family complains about, like all of your like grandparents would have friends uh-huh. but they also complain about yes, their friends yes, yes. so sometimes you just want to go outside and like not have to small talk with people
1: that's why i love like when asian um drama sometimes have those like side stories of the annoying like overly snoopy mm-hmm. ajumas or like aunties yeah <laughs> it's so funny and they like gossip that's very real but um yeah here you might have like one or two annoying neighbors that you have to avoid but
0: at least Either. you can avoid them. Yeah, a bit. you literally
1: like are far enough from them usually that you don't have to like acknowledge them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Have you seen that TikTok? <laughs> Why do we always the it girl that's like
0: fighting her neighbor?
1: No, but I know about that one too. It was like a mom trying to bring her dog for yeah. out for a walk, and then the daughter has to check for when the annoying neighbor isn't looking at their home or like has gone back inside or something because they don't want to like make eye contact and have to like engage with that annoying neighbor. It's so funny. I think
0: everyone relates to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is like definitely the biggest perk is just having your mm-hmm. own green space. And that's like one of the marketing factors of Canada, I yeah. think, is just we have too much land.
1: We have so much nature. Yeah, I know that Toronto is less like this, but also the suburb structure. Well, I guess the suburbs of Toronto would be like there's this, so
0: but, like, much suburb in Toronto.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I just think about you living in the middle of downtown. Okay. But anyways, I appreciate that when you have suburbs, It's, like, nice and quiet. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to hear ambulances.
0: Well, like, I think maybe unless you're living in, like, the really, like, downtown areas in Uh China, it also doesn't happen, like, that often because, like, we were saying, like, it's, like, a gated neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't have to go into your
1: little neighborhood.
0: Yeah, I'm guessing, like... I don't know how rent differs in Chinese neighborhoods Mm -hmm. anymore. But like I'm guessing like if you're living on an outside building near the wall, Mm -hmm. you'd hear more noise versus like if you were lucky to get like a building that's like deeper, deeper into like the unit, Mm -hmm. then you like literally wouldn't hear anything because like all the other buildings surrounding you would just like suffocate the noise out. True. Also, people live really high up. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was picking out like a place to stay in, in Toronto a lot of our family friends were kind of like they like looking at you know like Chinese people like looking at property <laughs> like even if they're not gonna buy they just like talking <laughs> about it and they always like tell me to like live high up
1: uh-huh. and that's like not that's my thing for me. Yeah. but
0: um, I think like you're saying if you're in a city it's the best way to get away from noise yeah so
1: I'm like a light sleeper please I like I, I feel so blessed sometimes to sleep in a neighborhood that's in the suburbs and there's barely any noise at night
0: yeah it's like i think another thing i wasn't used to and a lot of people like especially people who move to toronto specifically and move to new york specifically Mm -hmm. they like city lights
1: i like city lights like
0: you know how so we don't have like the neighborhood apartment units that you would think of in china so like when you live in a condo you're literally surrounded by like any other kind of business so like when you're sleeping at night like everything's still going on. Uh You don't have like anything keeping people out, you know, Mm -hmm. like people on the streets down on Saturday nights are still going to be screaming like (sighs) drunk and like out of their minds. And then I'm like that stupid person that like sleeps at 12 a.m. And I'm like, (laughs) it's bedtime tomorrow. I'm going to the farmer's market. And you're just like lying there. You're like, oh, my God, like, please. Right. So coming back to like the suburbs for the first time after staying a long time in my condo, Mm -hmm. I was like, not used to it at all I was lying in my bed and I was like I didn't know that nighttime was so dark usually like when I'm sleeping in my apartment I can see all my furniture still and like it's weird
1: that's oh my god that's the completely opposite for me when I visit your apartment I'll be lying there on your couch and thinking what the hell why yeah. is it so bright I can't sleep like this
0: yeah I definitely like the dark better I like but it. we all know that I'm not a city person yeah so and I kind of am yeah so <laughs> trade Okay. My office won't notice. (laughs) I'll just
1: replace you at work (laughs) and you replace me at work. That's so funny.
0: (laughs) Okay. Topic three. What do we prefer or how do we combine it? Or what is like your ideal utopia city here or living situation? Let's just go only residential.
1: I honestly prefer condo living. I understand that like because I want children in the future, it's generally thought of as better to raise your children in like a house.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because they
1: have like a yard to play in and it's just like, treat them
0: like dogs, right? Think about children, yeah, and the <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's more space for them, <laughs> but I don't know. Considering that, like, I still would consider living in a condo, even though I have children. Mm-hmm. My ideal place is like living in a condo, maybe like a little bit outside of downtown areas, yeah. so that it's not too crazy. Yeah, like but when I was looking close for
0: by? when I was looking for a place, we went to a few of those, right? Mm-hmm. And you had like some green space before you saw yeah, like yeah, yeah, the yeah. monstrosity of the city of Toronto. Uh-huh. That's kind of nice, yeah.
1: But I also like as much as I dislike certain nosy neighbors, I wish that there's like more efforts usually in like condo communities to like get to know each other yeah. and like for kids of like families in a condo to like meet up and make friends. Cause like I think that's what's so precious about life in like. Asian cities um even if you like watch dramas like Korean dramas like reply 1988 mm-hmm. and how there's like little community form that forms between neighbors like that's very real right like mm-hmm. when we went to China we found that that was a case our grandparents had so many friends that were like grandparents living in other units in their apartment building and like I was just like why don't I know my neighbors here
0: <laughs> I'm actually kind of why we don't know our neighbors we have a few <laughs> annoying neighbors.
1: Oh my god, what if they listen by chance one day?
0: Why would they listen? They're like, not podcast (laughs) demographic.
1: Yeah, they're not bicultural. Yeah. But yeah, I I think my ideal life would be like living in a condo that has a great sense of community where people can become friends and like there's actual like interesting events that happen rather than, you know, like (laughs) attempts at like icebreaking.
0: Once I saw my next door neighbor at my place... And I, like, we just stared at each other.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, like, another
0: time, like, the girl with the door over, she, like, clearly just came back from grocery shopping and locked herself out. So she was just standing there, like, probably frantically texting her roommate. And then I just saw her standing there with, like, a bunch of shopping bags. And I was like, should I offer her to come in? Mm -hmm. But, like, there's no one in my unit right now. Do I seem sketchy? Is this going to be sketchy for me? Like, what is happening? So we just, like, smiled at each other. And I was like...
1: I'm I am mo- awkward. most people are like that here. Yeah. I- I'm sure there's, like, a lot of neighborhood friendships that can form. Mm-hmm. I do see neighbors talking to each other when walking their dog here.
0: Gotta get the dog.
1: <laughs> In general, I just wish people were closer. And I wish, like, there was more local activity, too. Like, everyone had a local farmer's market and, like, I don't know, a 10-minute walk radius.
0: Of so you that. want the Chinese neighborhood layout? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. I think it's because when we went to China, like, we stayed with our grandparents. So you're thinking about the older, like, Chinese suburb apartment units. Uh Uh-huh. But you haven't, like, visited a lot of, like, the new city neighborhood units. That's true. Which are, like, pretty swanky. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. I okay. think you would
0: like that swanky life. <laughs> you're right. Connie sees herself in Shanghai in a penthouse suite, like just
1: you're not living wrong. life. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> calling delivery
0: every single okay, meal. Okay, I'm
1: not wasteful like that, and I do <laughs> want to cook sometimes. Okay. Okay, I guess that's a good conclusion.
0: Shall I jump in? Yes. <laughs> okay, so I took this like a little bit. Um, similar to Connie, realistically, I see myself living in a condo, which is weird because I'm super like I need. Greenery, yeah. and that's one of the things that does drain me living in Toronto. But like, I think I just value like sustainability so much. I knew you'd talk about this that I can't like justify living in an entire like plot of land yep. that like they chop down trees and plants for me. I also uh, like, uh, think there's just so much like empty space in like a house that you have to fill with furniture that you don't really use.
1: Like, working from home now has made me realize that like I have no idea how I'd work from home. In a condo, like, but you're thinking about size. like
0: where I live because I'm a young professional, so where I would live with like other people, like you know, just other young professionals mm-hmm. are small spaces. Uh, like, okay. you can still get a three bedroom apartment, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you're contrasting with me, who's just like a and starting off. I also off like person. how, like,
1: in a house, you can have specific rooms for like I don't know, hobbies. Like, one of our rooms in our home just has a piano, and I only ever go there to play piano.
0: Yeah, and you practice like once a week.
1: No, I practice more than that. But um, Okay, it's just like, obviously houses have more space, but I don't see a house as a necessity because I don't actually care about like maintaining a house or maintaining a yard or mm-hmm. any of that. Shoveling snow. Oh.
0: Yeah, for me, it's like how until like COVID, our dining room was never used. And like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because a dining room is like a staple in North America. And it's like a dream you kind of build your life towards. And like owning like a house, right? Uh, The American dream. To me, it's like (laughs) if I have a kitchen table and we're going to eat at the kitchen table, do I have to go buy another $900 table that chopped down another tree?
1: But isn't it more of like a welcoming guest into your home? You should have a dining table.
0: No, I don't think your guests care unless they're pretentious. Okay. Sorry, if you care, you're pretentious. (laughs) If you judge someone by where they eat, that's like ridiculous. Like, generally, I do see myself in a condo living just for sustainability purposes. But I do wish that, like, my theory is generally on if I could design a city, it would be like a lot like the Chinese neighborhoods, because then like when my kids come home, they can still like socially develop themselves exactly. by just running downstairs and going to the park with their friends mm-hmm. or like um, I would feel like safer going out at night Yeah. versus where I currently live in a condo. I don't really like to leave after dark.
1: That's another thing. Living in the suburbs sometimes is so scary.
0: Going home from
1: it's so dark and quiet and like usually the bus stop is a sizable distance away. Mm-hmm. And I just don't like staying out late because I'd have to make my way home and like walk like ten minutes in a sketchy park mm-hmm. to get home.
0: Like if I lived in a downtown condo here, the wintertime in Canada, like my child would just like come home and it'd be dark. So I'd be like, we're not going out. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then like, if you had a gated neighborhood, it changes things. Right. Yes. And if you knew like your neighbors and your neighbors knew you, Mm -hmm. um, I want to up that by one point. I don't have much research into the actual feasibility of this, but this is like a wild idea. If someone takes it and executes it, You heard it here first, the bicultural identity. This is a receipt.
1: This is copyrighted material now. Yeah, but I feel like
0: no way this is going to work, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) But I wish it was like a neighborhood unit where there'd be like, let's just say like 10 apartments Mm -hmm. full of people. And then at the same time, there should be like 10 buildings or like so-and-so amount of buildings for vertical farming, if that makes sense. So like you kind of produce the food that your community needs. Mm -hmm. I'm getting into a little bit of, like,
1: communism. Yeah, I was just going to say, this is a completely different political structure today.
0: Yeah, so I feel like it's, like, you know, about how we overconsume and how we throw away, like, a third of our food. Uh It'd be easier and, like, more sustainable if your food was, like, close to you. Or even if you, like, didn't eat that, but at least, like, we're producing in a city where people live. Mm -hmm. I don't actually know the reality of vertical farming again, so please don't come at me. But Mm -hmm. I think because um, recently on, like, cottage trips, I noticed that, you know, cottages are like artificial too sometimes. So when you like drive out the city, the first thing you see is farm. And when you see farm, you're like, wow, like nature. Uh But then you like drive further into Canada and you see like the actual Uh forests where your cottages are.
1: yeah,
0: And you're like, oh, nature. So you kind of like have to think about how damaging farming is because we clear like-
1: So much acres
0: and acres and acres of like actual ecosystems Uh to create a land of like wheat. So I wish it was like possible to just, if like we're gonna live in this city, let's put everything we need in this city and then let's start conservation and like rebuilding the nature outside the city, right?
1: Interesting. And then like
0: maybe then if you have like populated cities, I'm getting like way ahead of myself because there's no way you're gonna convince people to leave their like farms in Canada uh-huh. because I also have a farm dream. I wish I could live on one. Um, but like if everyone was like living in these certain plots of cities, so let's just say like Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal. If everyone was in those blocks, can you imagine how like quickly we could get a bullet train up to like go between the other That's cities? True. It's like how you kind of simulate the overpopulation of China and how they have like bullet trains and like crazy convenient transportation. Mm-hmm. You kinda like simulate simulate that by cramming everyone into like
1: one space. To make it seem and, like a dense population. Yeah, and ever. then conserving
0: <laughs> everywhere else. Because I think I genuinely think that Outside of all the corporations generating like 10 million thousand tons of like carbon footprint and uh-huh. like terribleness. Um, I do think like that's the big thing about North America is like if you see us on the chart of like amount of carbon output by population, China's actually in like the the golden zone, which doesn't make sense. But I think what like the because they're producing so much pollution, right? But again, they're like so populated and I think they're actual citizens apart from the ones that are buying 10,000 Louis Vuitton bags, are living very like off the grid lives. Uh huh. You know, like they're just using their Vespas. They're going to the farmer's market and then they're cooking or like they're getting some takeout and that's like some plastic pollution.
1: This entire discussion has reminded me of this unit we had in sociology in mm-hmm. the introductory course I took in university that basically showed this graph on like how we're about to use up, like, all the oil we have in this world. Mm-hmm. And we literally built the American dream based off, like, oil because suburbs yep. form because you can use cars to travel to more dense, like, metropolitan areas where you can actually find jobs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yet yeah, you can, like, live some distance away and have your, like, suburban utopia. Yeah. Yeah. But basically, if you look at the graph, like this will come to an end if you don't find other solutions. Like right now we have like electric cars up and coming. Right. Mm -hmm. So that might change things. But from a sustainability standpoint, the only way you would ever solve this is if everyone started living like they did back in like the olden days where you had like local markets to buy food from like local farmers like what you're proposing basically is like vertical farming in your own neighborhood and then your job would have to be close to your house and you would be able to like travel there without
0: legitimately like with covid it clearly works everyone working from home other than essential service workers Uh and like the people who do need to like be out there everyone else why do we have so many office buildings that need AC, electricity, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't want to take away from, like, the maintenance workers who do need to power yeah. those buildings, but I do think, like, there's a way to restructure that. Exactly. Why don't we assign them to take care of the vertical farming
1: buildings? And, like, you know... <laughs> what if we sound like crazy people who are I know. about to, like, become extremists? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is...
0: You know, sustainability
1: should not be, like,
0: a wild topic.
1: Mm-hmm. Basically, we just have to start living more local. That's, like, the moral of whatever we learn in that sociology class. That's Mm -hmm. the only way to solve these issues. But we don't want to generally because we have such like grandiose images of how city living should be and how like now the society has like progressed so much. Like it's hard to take it away from this population of people.
0: Like bringing all this back to what I was talking about, too. Like in China, you would kind of go to work, you take the subway back and then you go home. Cool. Like maybe you turn on like the heating or like the AC or something and like you watch Mm -hmm. TV, you cook order food. Here is like you go to work in your car, you drive back in your car, you go home, you water your lawn, you turn on like the heating to heat up your entire house versus like this winter was the first winter I spent in an apartment. And I didn't realize how like heat really does like spread through an apartment building. So like my heater only turned on like twice a day because all of our rooms were heating each other. And I think by that standard alone, there's already so much left of a footprint, and that's where the big deal comes in with like these heavy, heavily populated areas, is that you have to share more space and more resources. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's my ideal weird world. Thank you for listening. Connie, recommendation.
1: This was a chaotic episode. <laughs> yes. Um, recommendation time. I'd like to recommend a Korean drama today. Wow, it's been a while. Yep. I'm getting back on my Korean drama grind. I've been watching so many. Um... There's one I'm quite enjoying right now that I might recommend in the future. Okay. But, like, I have to see how it goes and how it finishes. But uh, a drama I recently finished that I actually found quite, like, a pleasing watch from beginning to end. In fact, I thought it got better near the end. Um, it's called Mystic Pop Up Bar. Okay. Jenny has never watched this, so this yeah. is going to be introduction for her, too. It's one of those dramas that kind of focus on, like, someone committing a sin in, like, I don't know, the. the Joseon dynasty like you know back Mm -hmm. when there were kings and everything and so they were not able to like die in peace they actually have to like get sent back to earth and complete some sort of like mission sure to relieve themselves of their sins one of the main characters she owns like a pop-up bar because she has to she actually has the ability to go into people's dreams and fix their issues right so her way of making up for one of her sins is to help a hundred thousand people solve their issues mm. um and this pop-up bar she basically like meets troubled customers and gives them this <laughs> sketchy ass roofie like drink and they fall asleep and she goes into their dream true <laughs> it's kind of weird but um then like there's another character played by sungjae from b2b you guys probably know him if you're into k-pop and he has this curse that whenever he touches someone they'll spill like their deepest worries So you can see how these two people can work together almost. Interesting. Yeah. So it actually gets really deep into like societal issues, into like ideas of family. It's just like super heartwarming, also kind of mysterious, intense at times. It's like a... Very existential uh, too.
0: Sounds like kind of like a mixture between fantasy and slice of life and like romance. Yep. Okay.
1: I would say it's like very Hotel Del Luna and vibe. Okay. But it's so much more family oriented and like less love oriented.
0: Cool. Thanks for the recommendation.
1: No problem. Everyone go check it out.
0: So that's our episode. Um, I think I had to kind of pitch this idea to Connie about talking about neighborhoods. (laughs) I was
1: like, would anyone even want to listen to that? Yeah,
0: but like I'm obsessed with this like difference every time I go back to China. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad we got really into like the whole details behind it.
1: (laughs) We rambled so much. Yep. End us off. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on this week's topic. To hear more, you can subscribe to The Bicultural Identity on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. While you're at it, we would also greatly appreciate any reviews on iTunes or simply sharing our podcast with your family and friends, but of course, no pressure. As well, any opinions and experiences discussed are solely based on our own experiences as second gens. We invite you to engage with us on our Instagram, at The Bicultural Identity, where you can also find the link to our website with our show notes. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to tune in next Monday for our next episode. See you then!